Welcome back to Time for Nach. And we're getting the feeling ever so slightly that we are getting towards the end of Malachim Base. Not only because the Prakim are going by, but in Parak 17 of Sefer Malachim Base, Parak Zion, we're going to meet the last king of Israel. It is Hoshea. He rules for nine years. Uh, the Pesukim say he was generally evil, but he wasn't as bad as predecessors. So I guess if you're measuring things by individual progress, he's moved his flag. In other words, he has come on somewhat. He's not as evil as his predecessors. But Lamaisa, what he did was evil, or some of the things he did were evil. Uh, he did re-allow the people to go Ali al-Regel on the 15th of Av. In fact, this, the Gemara says, there are that comments over here, Gemara Tainus, right at the end. This is one of the reasons that we celebrate Tuvav. Meanwhile, we have Shalmanasar as king of, um, Shalmanasar king of Ashur. He fights with Klal Yisrael, excuse me, he fights with Yisrael, and Hoshea makes a truce, which means that Yisrael are now going to have to pay tax to Ashur. Eventually, Hoshea doesn't pay the tax. He tries to rebel. He gets Egypt to help. And as a result, Ashur besieges Shamron for three years. Ashur is arrested, and the 10 tribes of Yisrael are exiled. Nebuch, um, sad part of, of, of the story. This is before the Churm Beis Amikdash, the tribes of Yisrael, to an extent, had already been severed from the Beis Amikdash, to an extent. Ali El had been broken for so long. Ali El being, being when we go to Yerushalayim, we offer Karbonus, we get taught and see the Sanhedrin, you know, the, the, this amazing experience, temporary but amazing, that's supposed to fill us with inspiration, taken away from us, and eventually you know, exile happened. Uh, what, what were they doing at the time? They'd intermarried, they served idols, they refused to listen to the prophets. Uh, the Redux goes as far as to say that the people didn't believe that Hashem watched the actions of humans. That, that almost primordial philosophical mistake, say that Hashem is in the heavens and he doesn't care what's happening on earth. Nebuch, that's the state that they got to. Um, therefore, they suffered what the Torah says, as the Ralbag says, exile, destruction, decimation. Nebuch, but one day, please God, they'll come back. Uh, Ashur exiles other nations to Shomron who had no fear of Hashem. Hashem sent lions that killed many of those exiled. Now, it's really important. These are going to be what we call the Kusim, um, who are, there's Machlokes in the Gemara, are they real converts? Are they fake converts? Um, these are going to be quite important when we get later on to um, Ezra and Nehemiah, because they are going to create a hiatus in the building of the second base Amikdash. Without spoiling it now, the second base Amikdash, the foundations were laid. Koresh allowed us back to build the base Amikdash. And Machlok has seen the Ran and the Ramban, how many came back. But nevertheless, some people came back. Um, and the foundations are laid, their celebration. But there's an 18 year hiatus because the Kusim get involved and they pretend, they say to Koresh, or some say it was Achashverosh actually, that uh, we were rebelling. Uh, and therefore, there's 18 years, the second base Amikdash is stopped building and in that 18 year hiatus the Purim story occurs but we're getting ahead of ourselves the king of Ashur brings Kahanim uh, who taught these people to fear Hashem but they continued to serve idols as well it's a difficult parak. Uh, it's a difficult parak. even if yes they're sinning yes they are not doing the best thing for Klan Israel and even the Kedusha of Eretz Israel uh, but Nebuch exiled in a foreign country uh, susceptible and open to all the dangers, spiritual and physical there. That's what happens. That's what happens. It might take a long time, but you sever your connection from the base Amikdash, you sever your connection from Kedusha, and unfortunately, it's only a matter of time before you're being exiled um, now, physically or spiritually. The one other thing I'd like to mention is this interesting thing that Hoshea was evil, 
but but not as bad as the predecessors. Um, uh, the Rav Desla has a very important essay called the Nekudas Habachira. You can find it in Chelek Aleph of Michlam Eliyahu. Nekudas Habachira means that everyone's free will isn't the same. We think we have total free will. We can do anything and everything. Not so. Our free will is limited in as much as we are products of our environment, our surroundings, our households that we've been brought up in. And certain things are not part of our free will. You know, it's not part of your free will to go walk across the street and not mug an old lady. Why? It wasn't a decision. You know, it's a natural thing. Of course, you're not going to steal from someone. Never. You know, you don't get rewarded for that. Similarly, you don't get, don't get punished for not learning 22 hours a day. You know, because that's that's beyond us. So the things beneath us is not our free will. The things beyond us are also not our free will. Where is our free will? Exactly where our challenge is. And he says, and the Malbim echoes this in Eov, in the 11th parak, the yardstick of someone who's a tzaddik is someone who's moved their free will angle or their, po- their, or their point on the free will ladder. Everyone has their specific challenge. The free will ladder is here. You're over there. If you succeed at that challenge, so you move one rung up, you succeed with that challenge, another free will decision, another rung up. And therefore, if you're someone who's moved their flag from there to there, then that's a tremendous achievement. And that, that's, that's the thing. You know, um, Hoshea over here was generally evil, but not as bad as predecessors. I'm sure Odessa would have a lot to talk about that in the context of Nakuda Sabahira in terms of reward and punishment for making movements in life.